Thank you, Rick, you flying buffalo, for all your contributions to the hobby. Gaming and BS episode 257 being recorded Monday, August 26th, 2019. You're bad at that. Welcome to Gaming and BS, the tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. Glad you're all here. Sean, how the hell are you? I didn't do all my pre-flight checks, and the iPad that hosted our intro was not on. So oh, I'm... so you're like, delay, <laughs> delay, power, iPad, move the thing. I had to turn it on, and then I had to put in my number code, and then I had to find the... <clears throat> Got it. Luckily, the app was still up. Otherwise, I would have had to launch the app. And Anyways, it doesn't oh. matter. People don't care. <clears throat> Anyway, did you do any gaming this last weekend? Uh, this ne- last week, I did not do any gaming. This Saturday, the 30th is this Saturday? Yes, the 30th is the Saturday. The 30th, I have Tomb of Annihilation, face-to-face, old gamer group. Nice. Do. Yeah. You, Brett, what did you do this weekend? Did you game? I did a little bit. AJ wanted to play some one-on-one munchkin, so that was... Those games are fast, and uh, so we played uh, three or four of those, had a good time, and I had a chance to run some Avalon for um, Shannon Lord Tentacle again and his crew, and uh, so that was a lot of fun. What did you run for them? Some Avalon stuff. Oh, gotcha. That was good. That was really good. I've been reading- uh, Those crazy bastards up in Alaska. The Man, they know how to game, let me tell you. Right. They're good people. Um, I've been reading Delta Green- have you? That's the handlers. Uh, that's, the handlers handbook or whatever. Handlers guide. The handlers guide. You liking it? I do, and I figured I would. Um, lot of fluff. Yeah, part of part of the original Delta Green. There's a lot of setting, understanding what's what, and so forth. Because when you get into it, that shit comes up. Sure. Right? And when you start playing and understanding what Delta Green is, where it came from, the history behind it, it's kind of like getting into an espionage game and not knowing what, you know, who the FBI are. What? That's you crazy. Know, or, you know, the NKVD or whatever the case is. You, you need to understand what it is. And part of their component is to take all of that Secret Service, Black Ops, Wetworks, blah, 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 all those cool names, and tie it to the mythos somehow. How is it connected to Innsmouth? How is it connected to the Cthulhu component of it? And in order to really make that bind, you got to have that in there. So I think it's good stuff. Yeah, no, it's good stuff for sure, Brett. Very cool. Hey, man, what have we got? There's uh, something new. What have you done? What have we you launched done? forums. There you go. It's officially, it's official. We've did a soft launch. Now here's the official grand opening. So you can head over to forums.gamingnbs.com. Well, that's really complicated, Sean. How is anyone going to remember that? Forums.gamingnbs.com? Yes. Or Or gamingnbs.com forward slash forums. Either way, you will get there. Either way. So if we go to gamingbs.com, is there a link on our website? Not yet. <laughs> it's well, not in the cause, menu. Because that, that would make sense. Yeah. I've got to put it in the navigation. This is, me, this, is me told, this is me just slinging mud from a very safe distance because, as usual, Sean put all the work and effort into setting this up. I, I actually forum kicked my ass for a little while. I couldn't figure out. You have to get email configured and... That's tricky, and it wasn't working. And if you don't have email working, you literally can't log on to the website, like as an admin. So I'm like, so I worked on it for on and off for a week and Mm. nights, just dicking around with it, and finally got it up and running after a couple reinstalls. You do it about three times, and you kind of get it down. You kind of get the hang of it after the third time. Well, and there's other things that were happening, and. Only some nutty IT nerds would probably appreciate it or not. But The point, though, is that I've said this many, many times, that if it weren't for Sean, this podcast wouldn't exist because <gasps> I do not know how to do any of what Sean just described. 
I manage people who know how but to do that stuff. We have that understanding, Brett. We do. Brett we shows have up, that. looks pretty, talks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's Brett's. That's his mission. I've, I've only succeeded at one of those things. If any of you have met me in person, you you pick which one it yeah, is. Yeah, you pick which one. You pick which one. It's quite obvious. I'll, I'll be happy that I that I met one of those criteria, regardless. But uh, yeah, it's something I don't mind doing, and uh, we've got a few people that are over there right now. We are uh, on top of that. We probably need to, and I haven't talked this over with Brett, but I think we need to interview a couple moderators uh, formally. So um, if you're interested in becoming a moderator, let us know. We can't make any promises. Uh, so qualifications-wise, it's unpaid. It's volunteer. Let's just put that out there right now. No money. But, you know, we'd... We would want to know kind of your expertise in moderating forums or what your views are. Because I think what's going to, I mean, what eventually will happen is people will get on there and things may start getting a little squirrely. Squirrely as far as like topics and how people approach uh, each other. This is like, social, this is social media 101 stuff, right? It's the same yeah. thing. It's like looking at a face, monitoring a Facebook group, or this is just the same thing, but old school forum approach. It's the same shit, man. Well, not to get into a huge amount of details about the forums, but re- thank you, Randy Farmer, by the way, uh, old school DM for re- the recommendation. Thank you to the Gauntlet podcast uh, community because they're using the same format. I have not logged on to theirs, but I looked at it and I just like the aesthetics about it and some of the features. But one of the things that it does is that you earn as you progress or as you do things like post a topic, like a topic, reply to a topic, you earn trust. So your level of trust goes up and the higher your trust level, the more things you're actually able to do that's almost on the verge of being a moderator. Um, It's kind of like just being a good, a proven good person of the community. And that's the, the whole thing about discourse. It's called discourse. That's what the, the platform is. And, uh, but you can, I mean, you can mute people. Uh, you can, I think you can block people. So the thing is with moderators is because it's a form and we're hosting it, it's not as dynamic. Well, I shouldn't say that it is, it is but it's not like Google plus. Okay. Right. Where there's other things. It could actually be better than Google plus because, yeah, you may have more control on blocking people or some of those things where in Google Plus there was this weird wonkiness. Besides, you have us to complain to and then we can de- deal with it. Yeah. But I know there's going to be people that are going to come on there that are going to be controversial. I just know somewhere. Well, somebody's going to say something that so, is yeah. untoward, not appreciated or something. It'll be taken out of context or it'll be their approach. And they'll say like, they'll, they'll say, why do you think that game's very good? I think it sucks. Oh yeah. Right. And it's like, well, can you put it a little bit more delicately? Like, could you not be an ass about it? Could you elaborate on why you like this particular game? I've always found a problem to be blah. Yep. Right. So, some people have some of those very well, nuanced well, One of the cool things that this does, though, having a forum that's that's basically for the people in the gaming BS community who are either listening to us or are friends of ours want to be involved. I honestly and truly believe that's going to be minimal. Yeah, our, I think so. Too, our yeah. listeners, I would be shocked and dismayed if the bulk of it was not our listeners, you know, interacting back and forth. And quite frankly, our listeners are some pretty goddamn cool people. So I anticipate decent discourse, fun, some good natured ribbing back and forth. But I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty cool. It's worth a try. You know, let's see where, let's see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a 10,000 person community, I don't think, but that doesn't mean that other people aren't invited. So that should be, so if you have questions, let us know. You Mm -hmm. can find me on there. You can also contact us through the website. We have a contact page. But if there's any questions or anything, by all means, let me know. But, you know, they don't have to listen to our show to be on that website. Oh, hell no. I'm just simply saying that our our listeners are good folks. And I believe that the bulk of the people who, who rush out there uh, will be our listeners. And right. they're right there. That we're seeding, we're seeding the forums with amazing people. So that's always helpful. 
So for those of you that wondered why why we didn't pick Twitter, why didn't we pick Facebook, and might have missed the conversation earlier on a few episodes ago when we were kind of testing the waters, is it's ours. I can put a backup on there. I can monitor it. It's Google's not going to take it down. It, Google's not going to take it down. Twitter's not going to change their algorithm, or Facebook isn't going to. People hate Facebook and or love Facebook, and there's that component. So it's some people aren't going to like this either, and that's okay. Um, yeah, that that's fine. It's not for everybody. Not everything on the internet is for everybody. We understand that you're not going to be isolated. You don't even need a login to see. I'd say. 99% of the, the forums, you could literally read it without logging in. So we didn't make that a mandatory thing. So you could actually stock and not even use an account. So anyways, let us th- know what you think. There is a forum for, you know, site, you know, uh, feedback and things you'd like to see. Right now there's, to kind of go down just a quick list for those that are probably going to check it out and are wondering kind of what the deal is. There's die roll which people can post in there anything that they think should be cool and we want to talk about on the show in our die roll or just bring it to anybody else's attention that could be kickstarters new product releases news in the rpg industry we've got a section for avalon and brett's uh, published campaign his uh, as the author so anything if you're running avalon you're looking for tips for avalon or you're wondering how if you want to peg Brett and talking about like how is this handled in Avalon, that's Brett's baby all day long. Roger Braslett actually just posted an idea he had on my Runners of Hermes. I, he said, "Hey, do you think? What do you think?" I'm like, "Dude, put that in there." So, yeah. bam, good stuff. The, the game table is really where all miscellaneous RPG discussion is. So, if it doesn't fit under what we're talking about, usually it's there. It's called the game. We I t- named it the the game table. And then calling BS is all feedback on every episode. So we'll post the episode. And then if you want to comment on the episode and call BS, or you want to comment on a random encounter in that episode, that would be under calling BS. Then we have some announcements that's kind of set only to admin and moderators, but that's pretty much about it. We don't want to get too crazy, especially in the beginning. Um, We'll see how this plays out. I was thinking about buy, sell, swap. I don't know if that's something we want to pursue but we're open uh, and if you haven't gathered that after 256 episodes um so let us know but anyways that's the only announcement i had brad did you have anything no i think we're pretty good um usual con prattle right gameholecon.com that's coming evercon.org we're kicking that into high gear getting more um events and things we're working with different uh partners and friends of evercon to get some try to get some special stuff going it is our 20th anniversary so other than that (laughs) i think um new and better more amazing sexier announcements to come but yeah nothing nothing too crazy for them today's biggest thing for us so i think we move on man all right let's get the random encounter random encounter uh, so this is where we field voicemails, emails, comments from social media. I don't know how this is going to fit into the forums. The forums. Oh, well, we could have a random encounter, but I think that goes back to the, I mean, there's, commenting on BS. Right? Yeah, calling there's, BS. there's some calling BS. There's, you know, that type of thing. I think it's, we'll, we'll, we'll piece through it and see what, and see how this all works. So for those of you that are new to the show, this is where we field those voicemails, comments from social media, etc. Uh, just the first two random off. Go ahead, Brett. Start. Sure. Um, so Chris Long wrote in and said, I think art is a way for the publisher to push for a certain feel for how their game is being played. A way to invoke certain tropes or genres quicker than just the mechanics can. And Ruben Dodd, and yeah. Ruben Dodd says, thank you for this episode. The art is what gets us all excited about gaming. Yeah, that was uh, last episode uh, about art and RPGs. So, yeah. Just a couple comments from Facebook. Before we went into the, the deeper ones. Yes, DM Kojo. I'll read this one. Kojo on art and RPGs. <coughs> Great episode on art and RPGs. Well, thank you, Dean. Thank you, Mr. Kojo. Choosing a favorite piece is damn near impossible for me, so I had to divide it into categories. Favorite old school color piece? As iconic as Elmore's basic red dragon is, my favorite is Elmore's green dragon on the Companions Rules box set. That is a damn good piece of work, man. 
His favorite old school black and white piece, the BX Expert Rules book, page 18. Earl Otis's piece of wizard casting the disintegrate spell on a dragon has always evoked the feel of the game. I know that image. That thing is awesome. Favorite old school non-fantasy piece, Elmore's Star Frontiers box set cover art got me to buy that game without any other reasons needed. Hand raised, same dude. Uh, favorite new school art, Doug Kovacs cover for the DCC module, The One Who Watches From Below, is amazing in content and color scheme. Finally, a big shout out to Chris Arneson, whose recent work for Goodman Games has been absolutely amazing. Thanks, DM Kojo. Very yeah, cool. Thanks, Kojo, for chiming in and recognizing all those good folks. Um, what yeah. was I going? I was going. Oh, I shouldn't. I should know before we get too deep into this. For those of you that listened to that episode or did have not listened to it yet, make sure you look at your podcatcher as you're going through the main topic. Because I put oh, stuff you in did, there. you did. Yeah. Okay, you yeah, talked it took about me doing a while it. to do it. So okay, I didn't. I didn't want it to go completely unnoticed. Okay, very cool. Yeah, it's only during the main topic. Um, you can't skip around through it, but it, it changes as we talk about the different pieces of art. Nice. Yes. Over to you, sir. Crim Fan comments on our website about art and RPGs. Aged well modules is an awesome topic. So we talked about maybe getting Mr. Cameron on the show to talk about how old school D&D modules and how they some of them have aged well. So he says, there are so many great adventures back from the old days. The DM does not does need to put in some work with them, but they can often be adapted really nicely. He continues, I highly suggest Desert of Desolation. Uh, the original modules themselves are good, but the Omnibus edition was also very nice with mostly good added material. It's a great mini campaign setting too. I think it would be easy to run it with native characters, foreigners, or some mix of the two. There's a lot of great wilderness, though I suggest anyone wanting to wanting the PCs to really feel that to make sure there are no easy outs, such as the total inability to get lost that's built into the Ranger class for food creation. There are some great pu- uh, puzzle dungeons, too. Mordenkainen's Fantastic Adventure is very cool, too. It's got some funhouse dungeon to it, but also has some nice hints about the Greyhawk setting more broadly, and you could connect it to other classic modules, such as Forgotten Temple of Therizdun and Lost Caverns of Sojkanth, if you want. These would make for a nifty high-mid-level campaign. Oh, and my hands down, my favorite TSR artist was Errol Otis. He had such an amazing and evocative style. I would, um, I'd preface that, Krim fan. I would say instead of had, has, because he's still cranking out work, um, I think the the magic that he captured back for the old TSR stuff, he still does really, really well when you look at what he's done for DCC and some of those games out there. He's I think he's done some stuff for Astonishing Swordsman Sorcerers, too. So anyway, if you're not aware of it, go out there, poke around, and man's still creating art, and he's still kicking ass. I heard he's going to be a Gary Khan. Usually is. 2020. Usually is. I think he was there last year. Yep. Very cool. All right, Jared of House Rasher comments on art and RPGs. One thing related to art that dovetails with what you discussed in this episode is the trade dress that is associated with a given game or setting. Well, TSR didn't spend as much time coming up with a definitive armor, clothing, weapons for the Forgotten Realms through first edition and much of second edition. There was certain trade dress that defined the setting. The pseudo-parchment pages, the sepia tones, and the fonts were all unique to Forgotten Realms products. In fact, I would argue that you can see a shift in TSR's attitudes when the products start to move away from this trade dress. Karatur, Mastika, The Horde, and Al-Qadim all had their own priorities for trade dress, which signaled the subsetting was more important than the wider setting, and that they were kind of in the same world. It's understandable, but also subtly communicates that not everything is as integrated as it would be in the core line. Even farther down the road, when the FR sourcebooks quit quit being the major way of expanding the setting, and larger sourcebooks became the major means of introducing information. The trade dress looked more like the core AD&D books. The kit books that introduced FR-specific kits for different classes, for example, look like PHBR line, not the Forgotten Realms products. 
I can't pin down exact dates, but I know at one point TSR had traffic cops for different settings to maintain tone and content and eventually abandoned that concept. Some jarring art decisions that jump out to me include things like using Brom for the cover of a Dragonlance module, Wild Elves, where the Kaganesti on the cover looked pretty solidly like an Athalus elf. Athas, excuse me, Athas elf. Um, that's Dark Sun. Except for the forest and the distant background and the gnarled roots the figure's leaning on. Nothing against either of them, but Fred Fields and Thomas Baxa worked on so many TSR products for a while with not specific leanings towards one setting over another that their art, to me, always felt like generic TSR house style rather than being specific to a setting or game. Getting back to trade dress a bit, one thing that Watsi has leaned into heavily in 4th and 5th edition is that D&D is the primary brand. I'm not saying that this is good or bad thing because they're selling at a phenomenal rate. The feeling conveyed by the art and trade dress is that D&D equals Disney World, and that the setting equals Forgotten Realms, um, Ravenloft, Forgotten Realms Land, Ravenloft Land, or Eberron Land. You'll never forget that all these are part of the larger parent amusement park. I'm actually more accepting of this trend when it comes to be an intentional decision. For example, as much as I like Todd Lockwood, I felt way too much stuff in 3rd edition D&D looked like Todd Lockwood fantasy rather than any particular setting. For example, a lot of Lockwood's Realms artwork was almost distractingly stylized, looking at his images of Brunor Battlehammer uh, versions previous to interpretations of the character for a contrast. You know, trade dress is, is interesting. We talked about that a little bit with Dragonlance. I mean, when you saw Dragonlance, the logo, Dragonlance, it had the um, had the scroll work, it had the that font, that that um that logo was a thing and yes definitely when forgotten realms came out it had the parchment type pages and so on in the original box set yeah i I have those books still and i remember that yeah definitely part of that branding right that we talked about very important stuff good topics man thank you good good points good insight as always yeah thanks jared over to you sir sean of house blythe writes in about art and rpgs hey guys my name is sean and I love the pod. Intermediate time listener, first time caller. I was listening to your most recent episode, and there was a bit at the beginning where you were trying to explain why art is essential to role-playing game, despite not being mechanically necessary. It almost felt like you guys had an answer on the tip of your tongue, and I figured maybe I could offer a possible answer you could have been searching for. Art is essential to an RPG because it tells you how to interpret the written words. There is only going to be one person digesting those words and presenting that to their group. While they can serve as very helpful display aids, their true purpose, I feel, is to guide the game master towards the intended playstyle and world field of the game. Aside from all that, my favorite artist in RPG history is Dieter Lizzi. Dieter Lizzi? Dieter Lizzi. I cannot pronounce his name. You're muted, Brett. Sorry, sorry, I had to cough there at the beginning. Uh, Tony Dieterlizzi did most of the artwork for Planescape. Yeah. And a lot of changeling for um, White Wolf. Keep going. Part of it is inherent Planescape bias in that the Planes of Law was my first major D&D purchase in the 90s. But his art made it feel inherently different than anything else. You could look at his elves and tieflings in Githrazi and know instinctively, even though the setting used the AD&D rules, it was not remotely spiritually related to the mainline properties. It was something else entirely. I'm not certain I have a favorite piece of artwork, though some of the Numenera art is some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen. Picking a name out of the bag, Yuan Chang's Sagus Cliffs, and the Bloom for the Torment Numenera game and supplement are astounding. Again, Admittedly, there is some bias, but that full-page depiction of the Great Madron March on page 42 of the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide is absolutely lovely. (laughs) That's a good image. By the way, after watching that documentary on Amazon Prime, I have a mighty need for an art book to design adventures around. I also kind of want a documentary about RPG cartography now. There are some maps that I am in love with as much as actual depictive art. The most recent Freeport setting map, for instance. You know, man, when you wa- when I watched that one, they talked to the one artist who did the Greyhawk map. I cannot remember her name. Yeah. Darlene. 
Darlene, that's Darlene. what it is. Yeah. And, and one of my favorite pieces, she said, look, basically, look how he cheated. I, I put Crystal Mist, Crystal Mirror Mountains. The, the font is huge, so I don't have to draw all these mountains. It was very cute. Um, but the work she did on that was amazing. That set a standard in my mind of what a D&D Overland map needed to look like. And I think they only had so much budget and so on and so forth, but the had they talked to – they hinted a bit where a lot of artists had to do cartography as well because that was just part and parcel with the, uh, you know, being a staff artist, hey, go draw this map for me. But I think some of the uh, cartographic masters out there now, they're cranking out some amazing stuff and how evocative that is. You think like Dyson Logos and some of the great cartography people out there. Pulling Glenn Steely. <clears throat> Glenn Steely. Oh, yeah. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. yeah. Yeah, any award-winning cartography. Oh, Glenn Seal, yeah, hello. Yeah. You, you put him out there in the Midland stuff. He did um, the new art for Stashing Swordsman Sorcerers as well. He did um, Hyperborea for um, uh, for Jeffrey Tillanian. Anyway, that stuff's amazing. It is art in its own right. And it, another thing that's absolutely evocative of a setting is a really kick-ass map. Very cool. Yeah. All Thanks, right. everybody, for writing in. Thanks for being... Thanks for chiming in, Sean, new new listener. Absolutely. Cool name. Not a bad name. Pretty good. I've had good luck with Sean's. Let's get into the main topic, Brett. Let's do it. It's another week, another episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about those cheating bastards at the table this time. Oh, Dirty mothers. Dirty bastards. Dirty bastards. Cheaters. So I've... Uh, First of all, what do you do with them, Brett? Let's just let's start out with the repercussions of cheating at Brett's table. Well, the first... Remember, Brett, Brett plays with like a loaded gun and whiskey. Well, the first thing you do is you put the gun on the table. <laughs> the second thing you do is so you pull a... Tr- uh, that's a, a warning. Way to, that's, that's a, a warning. deterrent. That's a like deterrent. A, yeah. Yeah. A couple shots over the bow and people tend to heave too. They, okay. they, they pay better attention at that point. Um, yeah, let's have some. Pri- <laughs> I could probably go with something like you could probably. There you go. That's how Brett announces the start of his game. <laughs> well, it's easy. Well, yeah, it's just people pay attention when you do something like that. Um, Alex has asked me not to do that game whole con, so yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, they keep the sign out on the front door: no firearms. So. That means that's you, why I play a game hole. With, that. That's how I play. That's why I play a game <laughs> hole with Brett. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. I can't stop him. So, one of the things that that irks that crap out of me, my buddies and I in my home group were talking about this because we had a guy who used to play with us. He was the worst cheater we've ever encountered. <laughs> the absolute De- fucking worst. Define worst. Um, define worst. I don't think he ever had anything legitimately done on his character so he, everything was bad everything was wrong embellished yes every, everything was always to his advantage oh look i happen to have another character with three 18s oh my what, what are the chances oh this character oh yeah i have that spell memorized oh i have that spell memorized oh yeah i rolled this i rolled the success oh i saved i saved i saved the fuck you did there's no way did you ever have him roll one up in front of you oh yeah zip zap Oh yeah, you have them roll in front of you. Do you have them a zip zap character? <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah, we we would do character roll ups. But then what would happen is in the midst of the flurry of activity, this individual would wait for the die rolling, and someone else to ask a question, and then he would rattle clattle the dice, and ah, well look at that, another oh, seventeen. That's amazing. Like you son of a bitch. So my first question when I think about cheaters, what that enters my head is like, what the serious fuck is wrong with some people? It's a role-playing game. There's no winning, no losing. Wow. Really? There is kind of a losing. Like what, Sean? How do character, you lose? Your character dies. Uh, and make well, another one. Yeah, but some people think that's losing. Well, some people are wrong. Well, I, you know. So I don't want to talk about GM's fudging dice. We've talked about GM's fudging dice before. So what well, I want that could to be, Is that cheating? I, we'll talk about that another time. I want to uh, seriously, seriously. I wanna, we, we've talked about so that one just, before. I just want to yeah. talk about. And so when people say, "Well, what other kind of cheating is there?" Blah blah blah. I'm talking about misuse of rules on purpose. I'm talking about um, purposely forgetting rules. I'm talking about 
coincidentally, just so happenstancely, to always have the thing. Oh, I didn't read that. I didn't realize that I couldn't attack 16 times around. Ha ha. Guess I should have read that closer. And you're halfway through the adventure, and they've already been butchering the living shit out of half the, half the goblins. I'm talking about those people at the table, Sean. Sean, you've had cheaters at your table, am I right? Yeah, well, I don't know necessarily. I think there was You're just one... not good enough to catch him? Is that your well, problem? There's, there's one guy that used to be a part of our group who isn't anymore um, for a variety of different reasons. Nothing terrible, but, um, you know, when you have somebody who's got a brother-in-law and there's divorces and then he would come down a game and then oh, slow you down. marriage isn't always together now and all that other stuff. But they w- we still bring him up all the time about how he would always have like the perfect dwarf. Oh yeah. I never I never checked his character because to me he wasn't so obvious. Like yeah, I don't it wasn't so detrimental where it was like, well I succeeded everything. And even if he did, okay, great. It didn't change the game. So why didn't it change the game? Because there was other people in the party. So how did you so how did you deal succeed- how did you deal with him though? Well, I don't know if he was cheating. So if he succeeded, I'd be like, okay, you succeed. Okay, blah, okay, blah, blah, and this happens. So it would be just like he did, regardless. <clears throat> so he was kind of on the. If he did cheat, it was more on the down low, and it wasn't so blatantly obvious where it was this stealth cheating. Yeah. Wow, four aces again. Oh, and we're to deal another hand, and you got the same four aces. So you've again? never had that gamer at the table where they say, "Oh, I, I smite evil." How many times can your paladin do that around? Well, so oh, I think, oh yeah, I guess I so, should have been doing that the last eight rounds. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, right and, now, and my the, buddy Joe, and then he's next, listening and to then this. next game, next game, <laughs> son of a bitch does it again, and you're like, hey, hey, how many times can you smite evil around? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, After the eighth time, you kind of start to think, you know, that motherfucker. I think he's my, doing that on purpose. My buddy Joe right now is laughing his ass off when he hears this because my buddy Jeff always plays Paladin and there's always Smite Evil. And I don't think he, he – my buddy Jeff does not cheat. Like, he doesn't intentionally cheat. Okay, so I'm talking – and again, I'm talking right. about people – everyone's going to make a mistake. Sure. We're all going to fuck something up. There's a shit ton of rules. Yes. It, even if you're playing absolute – you know, pass a stick, whatever. I screw up all the time. Oh, yeah. Me too. Stuff bad. Doc, Doc, will, Doc will correct me like, no, dude. And I'll be like, oh, this is like the sixth time I've done it this way. Ah, crap. And then finally he's like, wait a minute. How are you getting that? And I'm like, uh, because of this and this and this. He's like, no, you don't do that when you can't. You don't apply the sneak attack when you're not like. But when you oh, have okay. that gamer who has been corrected. Oh, that's. And it's section story. 10. And you're like, you asshole. You're still doing it. Or like, hey, um, yeah. you happen to have the daylight spell memorized? Well, yeah. What? That doesn't, what? You just so <laughs> happen to have the one and only spell that would affect the vampire. You happen to have that memorized. You've never, never. No, I just happened to do it this morning. Yeah, I was just right now. I was and like, oh, my God, you're, you're, you're doubling down on the lie. You're doubling down right now and giving me. Wow. Wow, you're really doing this. Well, Brett, and in all fairness to the cheater, <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm gonna def- I'm gonna defend the cheaters. Yeah, all go right? for it. For all you cheating people out there, I'm gonna got your back because I'm coming for you. If Sean's not between <laughs> you and me, it's gonna go bad. <laughs> I gotta, yeah, I gotta get in between you and Brett. But is is it that? I mean, I understand there are the ones that are always like I memorize the right spell for this particular situation all the time. Mm-hmm. I already have, I always have the right spells. I always have the highest ability. Oh, Great Cleave doesn't do that. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was accidentally using super duper Great Cleave rules. Ah, oh, my last ten characters. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just laid waste to the whole Goblin army. Fuck, I'm sorry, dude. But does it? Does it? Ma- so I guess the question is: Does it matter? Do, like, how degree do you get of that person being that crazy? So the thing when I when it becomes detrimental to the group as a whole, and by that, how and how? how is it detrimental? Good question, yes. Sean. So the rest of the group isn't able to have any fun. Because? Because this individual has constantly, oh, I can fix that. Oh, I've got that. Oh, this is taken care of. 
So they are solving problems very willy-nilly. Oh, yes. Whatever and the that, situation is, they have the magic item. They have the tool. They have the thing. They just so happen to have once again rolled a natural 20. Oh, look, look. Huh, amazing. Natural 20. Were you always using the blue die? Well, yeah. Oh, that's my that's my special die. Whenever it's a clutch situation, I always use the blue die. Was it the red one last time? Well, yeah, but I don't like the red one today. The blue one's the one today. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. <sighs> there is... So... What this comes to me is I honestly believe that at heart there's a couple different variations of this. The cheater thinks that this is the way that they have fun, that they always win or always prepared in some way. And I think like, you know, you should you should probably try a different game or something else <laughs> or poker or something. Um but they this is the way that they have fun and they don't honestly understand. The other thing I think, honestly, that some people who are cheating like this, they really think they're doing it for the betterment of everybody because the capriciousness of the dice or the flip of the card, or I just happened to have one more Benny. Oh, I found this one on the floor. Oh, I didn't realize I had this Benny was under my character sheet. Okay. Got it. They're trying to do something amazing. Amazing. They, yeah, they want to do something amazing. They want to win. They want to have they want to have an outcome that's really kick ass from their perspective. And they don't like anything or they strongly don't like it or disagree with it or whatever. That gets in their way. Like say I can't roll over a 10 tonight. Or hey, I I, I you know minus minus Minus, look at that. My fate dice suck. Oh, hey, look at this. I can't roll above a two. I, you know, I, I can't flip the right card, whatever the case is. Those um, luck things, right? They like to manipulate them. They want to move them because they want to do this because they think they're going to have more fun in this wonderful outcome. You know, they're going to force a thing. Well, Brett, they are gonna have more fun no that's why they do it i think well if it's fun yeah i also think some people honestly do love pulling one over on everybody else and they have no they have no moral scruples and they're bad people um because (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they should all choke on d4s well yeah obviously like the big foam ones used to be able to buy um it just it's one of those pieces where the other thing that when you ask me um kind of how does it impact the group or whatever I have had, at the time when this colossal individual cheater was there, I've had two, uh, one person who's not quite as bad. He's down, he's a different Australian gentleman. No one who listens to us. This other Australian gentleman I've known ages and ages back. And uh, with his accent, he instead of saying paladin, he said paladin. So our joke at the table was, oh, he must be playing a paladin, and all the rules are fucking different for paladins <laughs> versus paladins. Um <laughs> But everybody else is trying to play their character by the rules, at least the agreed upon house rules. How do we do this? How do we do that? And this person just seems to be able to get away with stuff. They always have extra hit points. They do a lot more damage. They do whatever. And the rest of the group feels like they're being outshined. Like, oh, I, I sure. can't do anything every, really, every time. And it's annoying the group. And it's I like can having f- a quarterback on a football, American football team. Being able to do everything and doesn't do let the other players oh, and he doesn't to touch it, the ball. He does at least stuff. tell the center thank you or uh, you know any <laughs> offensive line. Hey guys, thanks for watching my ass. But yeah, it's it's limelight theft. It's I'm not important. This is the only person who's important. They get to do whatever they want, type of thing. And I've had the group come to me individually. People go, "Do you know that fucker is cheating? Do you know what he did? That's not possible. He's always doing this." And when people <laughs> complain to me, I'm like, okay, it's gone too far. Because I generally, believe it or not, jokes aside, I'm like, you know what? We all make mistakes. We all fuck up. It's fine. Hey, if I've corrected you like eight times or six times, I'm like, write this down. <laughs> right? I look at you and say, listen, we're always, de- we're always debating how big the fireball is. Write it down. It's not radius, it's diameter. It's not diameter, it's radius. We're to write it down, look it up, because we're always wrong. I force the issue. <clears throat> but when people come to me to complain as players in my group saying, hey, do you know so-and-so is cheating? There's no conceivable way that they can't roll under an 18 all night long. 
or there's why are they always able to do whatever? And when that comes up, I'm like, okay, something needs to be done because it's messing with the fun of everyone else in the group. Have you ever had that? Maybe they're just so damn good, Brett. At cheating, yeah. They're really good at it. You know, well, actually, they're <laughs> crap at cheating because everyone catches them. <clears throat> I don't – I've – I Have you never had this? I've. If I have, it's not – I mean, it could be at a con game, but then it's only for like four hours, so I would never know. You ever, play with, you ever play board games or miniature war games with a cheater? Well, I have a buddy of mine that's super ultra competitive, and he doesn't cheat, but he's a – bastard to play with yeah so like he gets he just turns because i don't i don't play competitive board games like i play board games they have some competition but i'm not in the world series of board games yeah so he takes winning like he's gotta win and he's good and he is good at it Mm -hmm. but yeah he's annoying as hell to play with and he's not a rub it in your face guy it's just you are going to lose and he's going to know the rules. <laughs> yeah. And he's just going to be better. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it that so it doesn't that's not cheating. No. I'm getting off the beaten path, but I haven't sat down with somebody who is a conscious like cheater all the time. Even even the guy I was talking about he wouldn't do it so blatantly obvious where I'd be like, "God, oh, this guy's just cheating all the time." What's interesting to me is every time I have ever confronted someone who's cheating, they double down on the rationalization of they're not really cheating. They really didn't know. <clears throat> every oh, so they every, always feign ignorance? Or every what? time they feign ignorance, they feign obscene luck. I just can't. I just, my dice are hot. What are you going to do? You can't blame me. It's the dice. The dice are hot. I'll roll in the open. You want me to roll in the open? Fine. I'll roll in the open. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? And people get upset. And, oh, and they, they get really pissed off. And they get super pissed off when you insinuate yeah. that they're cheating. What I just did there, the temper goes up, the blood pressure rises. You're like, okay, okay, now we're having a scene at the table in front of the kids. This is great. Mom and dad are fighting, and the rest of the people just want to eat their dessert, right? This is Yeah, that gets, that's crazy, that. Because what happens when you call someone out at the table, you're questioning their moral character as a person. This is no longer like, oh. can your character do that? I'm saying you, Sean P. Kelly, are a fucking cheater. When I, I when I look I'm at you, not. I know you're not. I know. But when I lean I across and I go, how the hell did you roll another 19? Are you accusing me of cheating? Yeah, exactly. That's. Are you accusing <laughs> me of cheating? Are you talking to me? I'm not, are you talking are you, to me? <laughs> you, there's nobody here. You got to be talking to me. That's the feeling. And I think the, I've had people ask me before, why don't you call them out? What <laughs> the problem is, is how you call them out. Right. So, Brett, how do you call him out, man? Don't do what I just said, because I've tried that and it never fucking worked. Dude, there's no way you have that many smite evils. I do it all the time. Well, I, I, uh, really? You do that to him? I do it all the time, even if it's legit. Because I'll be like, what? And and frankly, I just don't keep track of all the nuances in the rules. So like, you I question don't... the shit out of everybody so everyone knows that they're unwatch. Is that what you do? <laughs> My ignorance is my shield, Sean. I will question all of you. No, I just usually question Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) And just remember, ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday I'm playing with Jeff, so I'm going to try to get some voice snippets for my buddy Jeff. Oh, that's got to hurt. Ooh. All right. How do you like that, Sean Bo? (laughs) Whatever, Jeff. It's coming. You can't possibly have that many snipes. Smite evils. Thank you. Smites. Oh, uh, and then what happens is they'll realize, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> like, you, you, you idiot. What are you doing over there, you damn cheater? Oh, I didn't really, I didn't know, Sean, honestly. And he doesn't. He's not. But he, you have, have you dealt with a person? If you call them out, they get angry. They're damn near table flipping, <sighs> like rip their character up, going to walk away from this table, throw my dice at you. I mean, they get angry. Yeah, I think they, I mean, yes, I, I I, don't have a perfect example and I don't run into that very often, but if we bring it up, it's more, it is more in jest because the, the people I would game with, like the guys and gals that I would play with on Roll20 for our Patreon, I would not, <laughs> I don't rib 
like the guys that I grew up for for well, 40 they're, they're, years. Yeah, I mean, I've known you for 40 like years. Those guys. <laughs> there's man. a there's a level of your mom jokes we could go to cuz <laughs> we we've known each other for 40 years and we're as close as family as it gets. Let's just move on, people. Like no. we could th- we could all be having a few and like literally throw down. Yeah. And everybody be like, "Hey, everybody good now?" Good. You know, yeah, no problem. Let's go. Ice cream. Ice cream sounds what? good. Yeah, yeah fuck it. Cream. Let's go get ice yeah, cream. Let's go get some cake. All right. You know. <laughs> so it is a different level of calling somebody out, even if they're not cheating. It's like it's like Alex and the game hole guys. Mm-hmm. Like they don't record their shows. I told they tell me stories about how they run. Oh, it's like they, it's a game group, man. I mean, game <laughs> right. groups are not very rarely are they polished no. productions. Yeah, well, I mean it would be hilarious because some of the antics the players pull on the dungeon master specifically just to irk them. Yes. And I said, Oh dude, you should record this. And they, they can't cause they'd get sued or something. <laughs> or just, he's running game hole con and nobody want to go there. They're like, Oh my God, like- is this what they do? These guys are insane, but they're having fun. Yes. But that's the, 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 the point of my whole rant there is because it's just a different level. So I have not sat down with the player at a table and said, "Look, you are freaking cheating." And then they go off, right? It's I'm not, I don't I cannot tell you the last time I ever accused anybody of actually outwardly cheating. I'll tell you there's it's the way in in sincerity. Like <clears throat> yeah. I, I, Jokingly. I tell Jeffy's cheating all the time, oh, yeah, but never. I do yeah. I do this Eleni like you're fucking cheating. Or actually I do it to Alpha cuz we call him the Alpha Nomicon because he knows all the rules of every game. Right. Which Makes him a cheater. Exactly. Clearly. <laughs> um, you're cheating. He goes, what? No, no, I'm not. Anyway. You're supposed to know the more rules than me. When you, when I have done it in the past, if you do it adversarially, adversarially, it usually goes over as poor as you would expect, right? Right. So there's a like, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's walk that back. How many smites do you get? Oh, shit. Only have three. Okay. Let's make a note. It's only three a day. Okay. Let's, right. let's try to keep track of that. Not three around. Not three around. Okay, shit. I'm sorry, <laughs> Brett. Yeah, it's cool, man. We all make mistakes. Let's move on. Right. Okay. So we're gonna roll saves. Everybody, I got a twenty. Okay, hold on. No one roll until I tell you to roll. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Is that count? No, no, no. Pick all the dice up. We're gonna start from scratch. The DC. Oh, but I got a twenty. Yeah, yeah. I got a, it, but I got a twenty, it, Brett. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, Come and on, I look man. and I look over like, yeah, and he got a nineteen. It doesn't matter. So the DC <sighs> is sixteen. Con save. Go. And everybody goes around the table and they roll. So it's sometimes it's a pacing call like that. And it okay. slows people down because I have noted sometimes people are very anxious. I've had people who are like, I, I had a, a person in high school who was a chronic tw- D20 roller. Let's just roll into D20. Just rolling it, rolling it. Oh, and it just rolled? Oh, it just rolled it. And would stop rolling it when it was an advantageous number. Oh, I, go, oh, I just rolled this one. Just rolled it right here. Look at that. I just did it. It's a 17, and I need a 16 dead. I got him. Oh, I got the troll. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Yeah. I would go ballistic on that guy. So what we would do is instead of, instead of saying, you're a cheating fuck, we would say, okay, hang on, hang on. Stop. <laughs> Do not roll dice until you're called. Okay, there's too much chaos. We're trying to, you know, we're going to go in order of the combat round. That's what it's fucking made for. All right, you, then you, and Cat, and you, and Bob, and you, and Mary, and done. Okay, on we go. Next. <laughs> that is hilarious. <clears throat> so, again, what that is, it's, <laughs> it's a social experiment in a way of looking at somebody and saying, I think you're a cheater. Because right. um, that in the Wild West is how y'all get shot. Right. Um, not a good call. No. And especially at a convention game, calling someone a cheater, you know, I don't know you, Billy Bob, and I yell at you and I go, oh my God, you know, Marianne, you, you, you're fucking cheating. <laughs> How well does that go over? Right? Well, to say, actually, I don't, do you get 2d10 on that? Oh, shit. Do I? Oh, no, I only get 1d10. Okay, yeah, I just, wow, that really blew my mind. Okay, sorry. If you approach it as as if it is an honest mistake, yes, you will get much farther. Oh, sure. And somebody who is cheating, they will drop the, the endorphin rush of getting away with it drops, if that's the thing they're chasing. Or if they are actually doing it accidentally, they're like, oh, people are helping me. People are paying attention. And a lot of times, what I think some cheaters want, and this is through this conversation, this is also hitting me, is they want to they want attention. 
They want to make sure they're being noticed. And sometimes a character doesn't have a lot to do, or they don't know what to do out of a combat situation, or out of a die roll, or a point spend, or a whatever spend by get your um, randomizer out and chuck it. They don't know what to do unless they're doing one of those actions, engaging with the mechanics like that. So in order to get a really cool response, they tend to have really cool results, right? Another thing I used to do was I used to cheat right back. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. You know. You know I, we, we had a conversation. Two, two wrongs in that instance make a right. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Because uh, once the other players caught on to what I was doing, they thought it was fucking hilarious. Because oh, sure. the Paladin, um, had, uh, he would get in a fight with the Giants. And this one frost, he just can't. Oh, this frost giant! I'm just whittling him. He must be the chieftain. Yeah, must be. God, I'm just. I'm. I've done like 110 points of damage. I'm like quartering all the damage he does to the giant because I'm like you fucking cheating prick. And I'm just. Mar- I'm not doing it. And when I do hit him, I double down. Wham! Oh wow, boy! I'm getting nailed over 50 points of damage at a crack. Yeah, boy, my dice are hot. Oh, oh man, that's crazy time. <laughs> And the rest of the group was like, okay, Brett's just cheating back. So our Paladin is just getting splattered up against the wall. He's going to live because there's you can't kill him because right. the Paladin has more hit points than God himself. If you right. beat the hell of the Paladin, he's just bloody. He always gets back up. He always forgets that he had one more Leon hands point to stabilize himself just before he goes down. But he kept him busy. He got to cheat, and he got to have this cool, crazy combat thing. I can, however, I can tell you... That doesn't work all the time. No. That was a case where there was a small group of us. We all knew this individual. We were like, you know what? This is how the Paladin plays. We like him. <sighs> God God bless him. He's trying. Kind of. You know what? Fuck it. This is funny to watch. So it was kind of a Monty Python-esque session in a way. But that was... I don't recommend that. I used to do that. Cheat back. And to your point, Sean, two wrongs uh, often don't really make for a fun event. Well, it can be, it's just long. And people, everybody's in on the joke except them. And I'm surprised he isn't like, but well, what would really piss him off is to find out. To find out that everybody, that that the other five of us were laughing at him. Yeah, that he's the the butt of the joke. Yeah. You know? That that was not my more mature approach to things. (laughs) I will admit that right now. I've done it. I have never had to do the grab them outside the game and say, hey, stop that. I've never had to do that. Never had to pull them aside and say, all right, here's the deal. Yeah, there's no way. Why? Because every time it's something like that has come up, the assume they're doing it on accident, explain the rule, help them oh, yeah. figure, help them math their way out of it. Suddenly everything just starts to get right back on track the cheating levels out and the honest mistakes become honest mistakes and you treat it as such and not had to deal with it the other reason i haven't had to deal with it is the last person who was the worst cheater we ever had left (laughs) he moved (laughs) so i didn't ever i didn't ever had to have the conversation which was kind of nice but um I've not, I've not had to have that. I'm positive that is a way to deal with it, right? We've talked about this before. Some people will say, you know, talk about it at the table and whatnot. Um, it's a very, it's a touchy thing to talk about in the open in front of other people, especially if, if you get a group of five players plus a DM, you got six people at the table, five people turn and look at her and say, hey, we think you're cheating, That goes over poorly. That's a very antagonistic, you're questioning their moral fiber as a person. This is no longer, this is not a, your character shouldn't do that. This isn't, uh, don't you know how to roll the dice? How come you're not paying attention? This is you are cheating. Yeah. You know, that is a really strong accusation. You look at that dude and say, Dave, you're cheating. Bill, you're cheating. Lenny, you're cheating. That doesn't go over well. Right, it's a very confrontational word to call someone a cheater. It's tough. 
<laughs> I'm rolling my dice. The, just the, that that just kills. That me was my favorite high school thing. Fiddle in their d twenty. Clitter, clatter, 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 click, 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 click. Ah, twenty. What? How many fucking times you gonna roll, dude? How many times you rolling tonight? Well, you just said to roll dice. I just happened to be rolling my die. Uh huh. Uh huh. Happened to be rolling the die for the last three hours. Right. Sure, you did. I tell you, as grown as grown ups, um, and. From college out, I've had much less issue with it. If I look back to my high school days, that shit was common, dude. All the time. Yeah, I think I probably fudged some character creation and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have some annex. I rolled like two two double zeros, and uh, and I have uh, 18 double zero strength. That's uh, stupid rule. But you know what I mean? Dude, you you happen to have psionics. Uh Uh-huh. Sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the gm let me roll in the random uh you know we let us roll for random treasure at the beginning i just so happened to roll the specific number that i know on this one chart is that i've memorized got me the wand to wonder yeah crazy crazy how that works <laughs> back in the day i think we got away with much more of that than than ever oh i remember one person encountering a trap that they had, had described to them before by their brother who had gone through the adventure saying oh i push all three things in at once before the game master even finished describing the room. Oh, I walk up, I push all three. What? How do you know that? Uh, it just seemed like the right thing to do. We all look at him. <laughs> what? What oh, did I you had do? That, I had that happen recently. Oh, someone pulled uh, out someone. So that, yeah. that's cheating. Yeah, there was the, that's one thing we haven't covered is the, well, I was running a game and everything that was going on was like, wait a minute. Somebody knows, like Wayne, Wayne admitted to me, Wayne Chang, and I probably shouldn't say anything, but he has gone through Tomb of Annihilation. It is hard in some of those adventures to play stupid. Yeah, right. And he told me, but up front, he was like, hey, man, I went through this, but I'll, I'll lay low. And so that was fine. But there was a, and I can't remember, this may have been a few years ago, and it could have been the same guy that's the Mighty Dwarf. Um, but there was a player at the table where I was like, it just is very coincidentally... Like everything just seemed to click. Oh, you know what it was? It was, it was at a dock game, and I was running, and I think, I think one of the guys that had run prior, just started doing things that were like, wait a minute, you wouldn't know to do that unless you've read this. <laughs> wait so, a was, minute. But it was really, it was really subtle, like uh, subtle, and I'm like, what? is going on here and so i would just kind of because once no, it clicks, I, I pick up a piece of rock why i just just think you might i don't know just it's a cool rock oh yeah i grab i grab a little bit of that water put it in a vial what are you but what one, are you doing all that for <laughs> but is- once it but once it clicks like you're like okay and then the next thing that happens that ties back to that weird why would this person do it then it's like oh you motherfucker you are you know this module you're cheating ah i see how it is that's like the worst. I, I that's like I, worst metagaming, right? Oh, I, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, it's a I mean, it's a troll. Is, I throw fire at it. That that's a form that some people would say is cheating. True. Depending, but I think the yeah. if we set that aside and just talk about the adventure, the module, right? Oh, I've been through two mo, two of uh, horrors before. Yeah, I don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Now we're here. What? What? <laughs> well, that should be interesting when I run it at GameholeCon. To find out how many people have, run, have played it. And behave and, as such? Well, and I think it's... I would wonder why they would want to go through it if they have have played it before. I'm okay with they, them having not played it in like 10, 15, two, two three, four years. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's fine. Because even then, I don't care. Because what's going to happen is going to happen anyway. True. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, man. There's so much rando in that fucking place, man. There's no. You put your freaking head in the thing, and it's that's what's going to happen regardless whether you know it or not. You just have to make the save. And but going back to the the adventure piece, I mean, I could if somebody ran like the Lost Cavern of Sojkanth, I would I could not tell you like I know it's like there's this piece and I would only know it when we got to a part but I probably wouldn't even remember what would happen until after the fact like when you saw the um, paladin laying in the right 
<laughs> something like something that. Like I'd be that. like, oh, 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 yeah, now I remember. But it wouldn't be to intentionally cheat. It would be like re going, like going through well, a module. Had, like, and I use that example, right? When you there are some modules, old school things, and even some of the newer ones. You're like, oh, I learned this thing. So I go through. I pick up a piece of red rock. I get a, a vial of holy water, some green rock, some wine. Right. Oh, guess what? I happen to have all the things we need to defeat the demigod. What? How did you? What? What did you? Yeah. Well, that's like Brian when he. Guy, <laughs> I don't know if he's listening to the show or not, but when he became a patron, after I told people like, "Hey, I'm gonna go be like, I'll show you behind the scenes of my Call of Cthulhu game," and then he's in my game and he becomes a patron. <laughs> he hasn't done it in the last four years, but now all of a sudden, and he was like, "I genuinely wanted to see how you prepped," and I'm like, "You dirty scooter!" And like you're not that's getting funny. this. That's funny yeah. as hell. He'll, he'll, and I think when he said it to me, he was sincere. He's like, no, man, no, no seriously. A good dude. See, He's a good guy. I just wanted to see how you prepared yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, will you, you listen to 250 episodes, man? I don't know. <laughs> like the game I'm running for you, you dick. <laughs> so I think we, I think we beat this one a bit. It, <laughs> it's tough. Like I say, to, to tell someone you're a cheater goes over poorly. Yeah. Um, it's a personal affront to many folks. Um, I'm interested. I'm, I know Sean is too. What do, lay lay us lay us on uh, lay on us? There we are. Lay on us your best cheater stories. What have you got? Have you cheated? Did you do it? Did you get caught? How did you feel? Do you not do it anymore? All that good stuff. And what led you to cheat? What led you to cheat? Let's talk about this. Now let's no. let's just kind of sit up, pull up a pull up a uh, sit on the no. couch. We'll get the paper and we'll talk about this. Dirty butter. Dirty, you dirty lying bastard! What made you a <laughs> cheating scumball? Anyway, tell us your cheater and, stories. And tell and us, tell us I, who your name tell is. Us your too. name, the name, your and, real name, your real, and, and everyone your, you play with, and everyone <laughs> you've ever played with, <laughs> and your real email. Exactly. <laughs> we'll post it up on wanted posters. <laughs> Seriously kidding. though, tell us um, how have you dealt with it? I'm, I'm sure if you've gamed long enough, you've run into somebody somewhere who's cheating. Man, woman, child, somebody out there has cheated on you in a game. Talking about gaming RPGs only. Um, how have you? How have you dealt with that? And um, let us know. We never got into the like recouping. Like, how do you? How do you re re? Uh how do you how do you gain the respect again once you've been a cheater? Well, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about how you can reform yourself. <laughs> reform, reform, yes, that's the word. Yes, yes. we'll see. I'm a reformed, reformed cheater. cheater. I used to cheat. Hi, Brett. Yes, I used to cheat. <laughs> I used to cheat. When, how many days since your last cheating? I was. When was that last Thursday? Sorry, I'm off the wagon. <laughs> what is that in your pocket, Brett? Is that a D20 with all twenties on it? Oh, Brett? Oh, that, that, that's it's a. <clears throat> so <laughs> last bit, Dragon Magazine had. Can't remember which issue. They had two articles: cheating made easy and cheating made even easier. And they have <laughs> legit ways. Like <clears throat> so, in a miniatures war game, this I have on a piece of paper. They have drawn out. This is an inch. It's literally one inch. In the heat of combat, an inch is actually this big. In a really complicated combat, a lot is going. It's this big. You can take an inch and make it two inches. You know ba- that like this works. There was so every the, time hey, Brett is doing that, he's t- he's extending yeah. his fingers. You, you by take the way. you take a d six, you shave the corner where the one, two, and three meet, and it tends to roll higher. They had oh, this stuff in there, and again, this came out when I was in high school, and people devoured that in my gaming group. And Eric Schaefer and I, the game, I was like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. There was something about I don't know if it was loaded dice or something that came out. Oh yeah, loaded dice. You still lost buy. their sh- oh. a lot. People lost their shit though. Like, if a person shows up at my table with those effing dice, man, I swear to God. I'm like, whoa, settle down, Junior. Yeah, man. no, this was this was a big thing. I mean, the tournament play and stuff, again, when you have something at stake, when there's actual winning and losing. But anyway, sure. we've gone on long enough. Let's see what people say. All right. <laughs> Die roll. All right, this week's short one, short list. Uh, Sarah hits us up. Um, all my hexes is a new Monster of the Week actual play podcast. Um, she pinged us and, hey, I was wondering if you guys could throw it out there. And we said, I said, sure. So the first live show is August 28th, 2019. We've got a link on where to find that. Um, the story follows four amateur paranormal investigators as they thwart the sinister conspiracies and unearthly horrors of a Texas oil boom town. Nice. Yeah. So good luck with that, Sarah. We hope that you... Have 
many, many followers. And then, of course, Randy posted this, the first die roll on our forums, Tarasca Takedown. So we did 3D Train, and then Randy wrote in that he is known as the old school DM online. If you want to see some of his work, he was nice enough to post like six images from his adventure um, where the party took on the Tarasque. So it's quite impressive, impressive as always, and all of his hard work. Um, if you ever get to play with them or see it in person, I can imagine the the detail that he puts into it. So check that out online in our forum. Um, in addition to that, <laughs> so Walla151, who I know, who, I know who that is, Walla151. Yeah. yeah. He's the guy we pick up the airport at. On, oh, on okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the review, Mr. Walla151. Excellent. One star. Okay. Excellent podcast. Bad at other things. Oh, we are bad at other things. I had a lot of trouble with this B&B. Check-in was very challenging. No passcodes, and I couldn't find a key anywhere. The living room smelled like used beer cans, and I'm pretty uh, sure the basement had dead babies living down there. The fridge had plenty of baking soda. Then the Uber driver spent the whole ride yelling at his ex-husband, taking the long way around Lake Mendota. Crazy driver. I found the service adequate, but the waiter kept charging, changing the channel away from sports ball to Great British Bake Off stroking his magnificent beard and muttering it depends don't you know i come to this bar to get away from bad tv popcorn was okay the podcast is pretty great though <laughs> nice Walla 151 ah uh, love it very cool very cool so what are we talking about next week brett we're talking about genre blending and a couple listeners ask us about this we're going to get into that mix and match and put a little star wars in your uh in your cowboy games, put a little horror in your uh, sci-fi, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. See what? It, see where we go. Oh boy! All right, all right. Well, hope to see you guys around. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good gaming all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers: Graham Miner, Corey Wynn. Hawk Sparrow, Larry Hout, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValley, Jason Hobbs, Guy, Roger Braslett, John Hammersley, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Niall Diamond, Angus, Howard Bishop, Stephen Dragonspawn, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Salzweedle, Trevor Davis, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goat, Aaron Coleman, Ray Otis, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Rich Wishon, Old Scoozer Roleplaying, Jared Rasher, Andy Hall, David Balog, Chad Gleiman, Finolf, Mirko Froelich, Lord Tentacle, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, Josh Wallace, Kevin Lovecraft, Andy Olson, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Jeff Seifert, and Aaron Ralia. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.